0: Hi, it's Grace, and this is Frogmore Stew. Today's episode is about gerrymandering. Because between gerrymandering and how many of us choose to vote in the primary, which we'll cover in another episode, our South Carolina elections are not democratic. You heard that right. You heard the elections are rigged? Yes, they are, by our legislature. What's clear is that when politicians are drawing the line, then we see partisan gerrymandering. They drew the district lines to ensure that they could maintain as much political power as possible with as little competition as possible. Probably partisan gerrymandering is unconstitutional. The problem is politicians don't like to change the rules that got them in power. Every 10 years on years that end in zero, our country counts how many of us there are through the census. And those numbers are then used to create districts for our representatives. At the state level, our state house and our state senate, and on the federal level, the U.S. House members and the U.S. Senate members. In our state, we have 124 members of the state house and 46 members of the state senate. On the federal level, There are seven members of the U.S. House and two members of the U.S. Senate. To give you an idea of how uneven our state is, out of those 124 state House members, 88 of them are Republicans and 36 are Democrat. It's a supermajority. And in the state Senate, it's 30 to 16. One of our U.S. House members is a Democrat and six are Republicans, and both of our U.S. senators are Republicans. I know. You hear people say, but it's a deep red state. In our last presidential election, out of about two and a half million voters, the difference between who voted for Biden and who voted for Trump was less than 300,000 people. Yes, we are a red state, but we are not a supermajority red state. The census is also used for redistricting at the local level, including city councils and school districts. And the purpose of the redistricting is to reflect changes in the population who's moved here, who's moved away, so that every person has the opportunity to be represented in our government. In 1812, a founding father named Elbridge Gerry, who was then governor of Massachusetts, approved a state senate map with a salamander-looking district that benefited his party. The Boston Gazette published a cartoon showing the district and dubbed it the gerrymander. That's how it got its name. There are several ways to gerrymander a district, but the most common ways are what is known as cracking and packing. So what does that mean? Cracking is basically dividing up a town or a common sense area that should be grouped together, like keeping Charleston County or Greenville County in one group. But instead, they get broken up into different districts to separate like-minded voters. And packing is putting all of the like-minded voters into one district, like Jim Clyburn's District 6. By putting them all into one district, you concentrate their power. But in our democracy, voters are supposed to be able to choose who holds office to represent them. Gerrymandering flips that on its head, letting politicians manipulate their legislative districts so they can pick and choose their own voters. Since 1812, when Elbridge Gerry manipulated that state senate map, things have gotten so much worse because partisan line drawers now have high resolution population data and technology that enables them to slice up their states with incredible accuracy. The party in power is who dictates what the districts are. And politics have nationalized and voters have become more predictable. There's a term called social sorting. It's defined as a convergence of social identities and partisan identities like race or sexual orientation, religion, occupation, social movements, This entrenches partisanship and decreases the scope for persuasion. So the two major parties have gradually shifted to become more homogenous internally in their culture. The consequences are greater partisan animosity, an increase in straight ticket voting, and an unprecedented partisan gap in presidential approval rates. All of this makes gerrymandering way easier than it was in the 19th century. The problem is not just the disproportionate number of seats one party might win, but it's also that the politicians elected under these maps face less popular accountability than they should. Our state policies now determine not by median voters who should call the shots, but by electorates that have been artificially skewed district by district. Parties that gerrymander can more easily impose radical ideologies, they spurn compromise and ignore real issues that voters care about. Gerrymandering is an increasingly severe affront to our democratic structure, and the solution is obvious and is popular. When given the choice, voters in state after state have empowered commissions, not their legislatures, to draw the lines. As long as our state continues to allow the legislature to draw the lines versus a nonpartisan commission, our state government will be less fair, less democratic, and less responsive to the people. In a key 2004 case, Veith versus Jubileer, three Democrats in Pennsylvania sued the Republican-controlled assembly for gerrymandering the state's congressional maps. Justice Antonin Scalia, in an opinion, questioned the premise that courts could address partisan gerrymandering. The court rejected the Pennsylvania voters' claims and voted to shut the door on any similar suits in the future. The Constitution explicitly gave state lawmakers the power to draw the lines providing that Congress may also make or alter them, but Scalia said nothing about a role for the courts. Justice Anthony Kennedy voted with the four conservatives against the Pennsylvania voters, but he wrote for himself. And he said that while no workable standard yet existed for striking down a redistricting plan based on excessive partisanship, such a standard could yet emerge. So what does that mean? Scalia gave a makeshift opinion That said states make the rules for elections, but that the U.S. Congress could change that. And he left out how or if the court should or would be involved. And Kennedy implied that Congress could be getting into it, they just hadn't yet. So fast forward to 2019, Russo versus Common Cause. The Supreme Court ruled that partisan gerrymandering was a state question rather than a federal one, making it impossible to challenge politically motivated gerrymanders in federal courts. But partisan gerrymanders often overlap with racial gerrymanders, which is what the question will build down to in the South Carolina case that's currently in front of the Supreme Court. And if you need more context about that, listen to the episode with Mac DeFord. We do a really deep dive into that case. So the biggest issue with gerrymandering is that it changes incentives so that politicians are less likely to engage in consensus building within their districts and more likely to feed the most extreme views of their party. Why? Because typically, only the most loyal and extreme voters vote in the primaries. And if the district is a reliable red or a reliable blue district in the general election, the only people you'll compete against are in your own party in the primary. Gerrymandering in our state has led us to a point that Republicans do not have to attract moderate voters. Instead, Republican candidates have to worry about challenges from the further right, which has made the candidates more and more extreme. — Nationally, the gerrymander will help Republicans flip several seats in Congress. — We have been gerrymandered out of having a choice about who can represent us. — Probably partisan gerrymandering is unconstitutional. — Democracy requires at least two healthy political parties. Having a party that stands in opposition to those in power allows for healthy disagreement and oversight. It's that old checks and balances thing, and God knows we need more of that here in the Palmetto State. For a deeper dive into how we got into this and what we can do to get out, listen to Caitlin Brewer and I on Friday for a second helping of stew. Voters deserve a choice, and competition is good for democracy. That's all the stew for today. Talk to you next week. The Frogmore Stew Podcast with Grace Cowan is produced and directed by TJ Phillips with the Podcast Solutions Network. Yeah, my heart belongs.